So I had the middle of the three Fitbits that I thought like, I don't want the heart rate monitor function, but I want to be able to track my steps. Mm-hmm. And it had like, its battery life was terrible. It like, it was unreliable. The strap snapped. I've downgraded, or rather this is Becca's Fitbit that she didn't use and a, a spare strap from my mum's Fitbit and she doesn't use it. What have you done with the original Fitbit? It's completely snapped. Okay. So it's in a drawer in my house. Can you I, sell it I for parts? You... <laughs> so that Fitbit was technically free. Because actually I bought, the the Fitbit that I bought, I bought three years ago and it was like the initial version. That stopped working. So I emailed Fitbit and said, my Fitbit stopped working. They sent me another Fitbit, which is the up-to-date one, but mm. it was for free. So I feel a bit cheeky doing it again. But I'm, No, I'm, why not? It's, you... <laughs> they're the ones that... It, it, the product's broken. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I'll email them. But anyway, so what I was going to say and was... And then do you have to so- send the old one back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this one is the worst one. Battery life is easily twice as good. And I can wear it in the shower. I don't have to take it off. That's good. And when you tap it, it just flashes up a green mm. light. So you see how it goes one, two. Uh, all five would be 10,000 steps. Right. So that's all the information I need from it. I'm glad the lights mean something. I didn't know if it was just... So it goes, it goes... It's just going, hello. Zoom, zoom. And then... Dum, 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 dum. Ah, okay. What's the zoom, zoom? Just a, like a... Hi. <laughs> Fitbit. Fitbit. I'm Fitbit. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast. Your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain. With none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules. Dramatic results. <laughs> that was that was Johnny opening his Coke in front of the mic. At the microphone. While going to shut the door to avoid the noise. <coughs> he's, a, he's a walking paradox, guys. <laughs> Why am I walking paradox? What's paradoxical? Because it was. Oh, I see. (laughs) How did I miss that? Now, the problem with this podcast, the reason we are. You can probably hear that we're filled with trepidation, (laughs) is that I'm waiting for an Asda delivery to come. There's just a sense of foreboding, isn't there? (laughs) And we can't fully, you know, really get into a podcast if the Asda man's about to come and then we have to stop. So. What will be nice to talk about is all the funny substitutions that you've had to bear the brunt of. Uh, so this is something, a phenomenon that we call stealth porking, <laughs> where anytime I order something on Asda, they decide, they're like, oh, hey, you ordered this lime, but we didn't have any limes, so we've given you half a kilo of bacon. And you're like, no, that's not an adequate substitution. You can't have pork. I think that there's an important frame here, because mm. if I... What was it, a lime? Lime. If I ordered a lime and got bacon, I'd be overwhelmed <laughs> with, with happiness and joy. My ins- I'd have hashtag grateful on my Instagram post and everything. You can't have pork, and yet, as a result of, seemingly as a result of that, you get more pork than anyone so else. So much. It's like, hey, you ordered this Smith & Wesson power drill. We didn't have any, <laughs> but here is a pork loin. Is it, yeah. You. Oh, great. Here's a ham. <laughs> Here's a, a glazed ham. We didn't have any kale, sorry, but we've got some parma ham for you instead. Don't want the parma ham? No problem, we'll have some sausages instead. Maybe, I mean, pork just seems to be their, their go-to substitution for you, which is okay. Shit macros as well. I think you're very anti-pork. I am, so I'll look for any way to justify it. It's not it's, got the best macros, but it's really nice. The internet is obsessed with bacon as well. The, the fitness side of the internet, definitely. Yeah. 
or the the low carb fitness side of the internet bacon with the zero calorie maple syrup and really all this stuff i've not yeah. seen that mm. is that that's just literally water with thickener and sweetener in is that that must be all it is i think that's all it is yeah so i've posted something or scheduled something on facebook for oh, that was a little window into the uh, the world of what we do in propane mode. We're not just sat there posting live on Facebook. Anyway, schedule day for soon. We're, anyway, well, it's, it's, it's in the past, isn't it? It's in, oh, God, yeah. So maybe it's already come out. Anyway, this is the time warp. It's a guy who, 15-year-old kid who ate 25 laxative brownies <laughs> as a part of a challenge with his mates called He Who Has to Poo Poo Wears a Tutu. And he ended up giving himself rhabdomyolysis, <laughs> hypokalemia, and kidney injury. What's really funny about this, and I haven't told you this yet, yesterday, for again, we were doing something with the website, and just another like look behind the scenes there. We sometimes work on the website. And uh, Yusuf was screen sharing over Skype to me, and I saw quite a lot of open tabs on his Chrome window, Google Chrome, and one of them said, boy eats oh. and then nothing else a youtube video boy eats and i was like what is that and it's been niggling at me i'd forgotten to ask him but it's been niggling at me to ask him what that was and i've just received the answer wow that was among all 200 Pornhub tabs as well. <laughs> well, yeah i mean I, I look at those and i'm like of course like, lo- loads of Pornhub. and then oh there's a youtube video i wonder if he's okay <laughs> boy eats that sounds almost uh almost normal that sounds very pg for you sir <laughs> Not true, but we are. Um, this was a, a little throwback to when we interviewed Paul Mort, and uh, he was like, oh, I'll just close Pornhub down. <laughs> Probably not, not far from the truth. Oh, so, great. boy ate tons of laxatives mm-hmm. and gave himself. Tried to hold his poo in for right. as long as possible. And I think what must have happened is <clears throat> the his bowel just pulled in more and more fluid poo. and, yeah, and right. potassium from his blood, mm. giving him. Rhabdomyolysis, arrhythmia, so the excessive breakdown of muscle in the body. So actually, rhabdomyolysis is commonly known with middle-aged men who haven't trained in a while and then decide to go and like try and lift a max or go and do something that's going to do an Ironman or something with no training. And because they've completely resensitized to the stimulus on their muscle, they end up causing a huge amount of muscle damage and their kidneys can't take the amount of overload that it produces. I remember... You remember the film 300? Yeah. You know how they put all of the actors through, like, mental training? Like, they got they got all of them to... They were like, you have to be in mint condition mm. in, like, 28 days. So they put them through, like, grueling CrossFit stuff. And I think some of them had... Right I think they just talk about kidney problems or liver problems as a result of the, the, the workouts. I don't know whether that was just them sort of zhuzhing it up. Trying to sound to, like it. Yeah, oh, this is so, like, so extreme, hardcore. Really. Well, yeah, very possible. Didn't you? You did the three hundred workout, or the supposedly. I, the there was a one. test that they put them through at the end, which I did. Right. It was hard, but that wasn't. That was just like a snippet of what they were doing, like two, three times a day, every day. So it's no wonder there was. Well, again, we posted something a while ago about a man that did a fifty-day fast, and passed. He took a photo of this worm that he pooed out of his. Well, pooed out of his bum. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was the the thing that I didn't like, though, is that he laid it out on his toilet seat, like all the way around. Mm. And I don't think that's a very hygienic it's, it's way to, to give the scale. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like, put it on a plastic bag or something, don't put it? Put an extra pen. Yeah. On a very clean surface that won't be used for anything else. Agreed. So yeah, so he pulled out a worm as a result of the fast. Yeah, and he also, and then he, there's an interview with him. He, I mean, it's a bit weird. Like he went, he's one of these people that just suddenly, like, has a healthy lifestyle and then decides to go off the deep end and goes like full vegan, full fasting, um, crystal healing, like adopts all and just go. You know, like they take every possible health choice and just piles them all together and go ten out of ten on all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you have to, and losing sight of the fact that somewhere in the middle of that, they have to just like live a normal life, go to work, mm-hmm. interact with their friends, their family, and he, in the middle of it, he's pooing out worms. I mean, the guy lost, like, I don't know, 35 pounds or something oh. off an already skinny physique. Unsurprisingly. And, well, yeah. And he ended up looking really gaunt and really, like, I'm, I'm making a face. <laughs> <laughs> but I realise he won't be able to so see our it. audio works, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that, I mean, that should be shown to anybody who thinks that when you eat less food you don't lose weight. It must be because, like, some mystical... Like, if you eat no food, you lose weight. So, therefore, there must be a point at which you are eating insufficient food to maintain your weight, regardless of what other complex point things are going on metabolically. Yeah, it's a great advert for... It's only calories. Not eating makes you lose weight. <laughs> well, they're the hospital scales. <laughs> I don't think that means they're accurate. We don't share that video enough. We don't. I think it should be a daily scheduled post. I've got it on my hard drive. to remind. Have you? Yeah. I they just... Actually, they took it down off YouTube for a while. That's, I was worried about that because mm. I thought it's too good. Well, if if you don't know what we're talking about, go to <coughs> propanefitness.com, search for It's Any Calories. It's an article called It's Any Calories Getting Bogged Down. And it's kind of the seminal uh, article about <laughs> <laughs> the fact that if you just eat less food, you will lose weight. And that's really all there is to it. But it includes a, a clip of a very frustrated endocrinologist, very senior consultant in, um, I think he's got an MD in lipid metabolism and Something lipid dysfunction. so specific, and, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and like, obviously deals with endocrine and diabetes and obesity and all this stuff. And there's a woman in there who claims that she has a metabolic problem and that she's got a low metabolism. And they test it for her and then they tell her, your metabolism's in the 2,300 calorie range, which is normal for your size. It's actually quite good. And she is kind of distraught because her excuse of, I have a low metabolic rate, has been battered away by a senior expert. And then she has to come to terms with the fact that the error is in the tracking of her calories. (laughs) So it's just her fault and has been her fault the entire time. I think the reason, I'm just looking at the article now, remember, it's bringing back all sorts of warm, fuzzy memories. Um, the thing that's, that was so funny about it for me, I think the thing that, the reason that, because the, the video, the, the weird thing about it is the video is not in any way, shape or form intended to be funny. Like it was from BBC Documentary uh, Dispatches Dispatch. series. And someone sent it to URI. I don't know how we found it initially, but we both found it like hilarious and still do years on. Like it must be four or five years ago we were sent the article. It's because of the act- attitude of... The- so there's two doctors in the room. One of them's kind of stifling a bit of laughter, and the other one's just tired. Like, he's just... <laughs> it's just knackered, isn't it? <laughs> oh, another one of these. Like... <laughs> and it's, it's, he, he distills, like, presumably decades of experience into... It's just calories. It's any calories. So, so does that mean calories from cheese or egg? It's only calories. The, the error is in the tracking of the food. And it's just like, 
as Yusuf was saying, like the frustration, he's just ground down to the bone, but yet decades of experience of, of helping people with metabolic problems is distilled down into the single sentence, it's just any calories. It's, it's a very real thing as well. This tracking error happens even with people who think that they are tracking accurately. And there's a, there's a notable drift that's been observed in the data where people who are on a fat loss diet over six months, a lot of what they thought was metabolic adaptation can be explained by the gradual loss of accuracy in people's tracking. And that's what causes this drift. And actually, when you account for that and when you get them to get accurate once again, any of this kind of metabolic drift supposedly disappears. And then the maintenance calories are much more in line with what their body weight is at the time. Great. And telling you more and more scenarios where you tell yourself like, oh, it's okay to have like a bit more. You know, you start at the beginning of your diet, you're initially, you weigh something out, it's 100 grams, or maybe it's 101, but you're, you're hardening yourself and everything's precise. Four weeks in, this is getting pretty boring now. Like, you know what, like 110, like who's going to notice? Or 120. I actually, I don't know, I've only tracked one, but I'll have one and a half. And that, if that happens every meal, every day, suddenly by the end of the week, if you were to pile up all those extra bits and put them on a plate, mm-hmm. that would be like, well, I'm not eating that. That's ridiculous. But it becomes more and more the case the longer you're in a diet. Even 10% is enough to... Exactly, to, <laughs> throw, to, to kill a deficit in some, in some situations. So, yeah. It's, it's funny, actually. That's on a micro level. And then you have things on a macro. I mean, I, I have not really... I haven't watched TV in years, but I remember <laughs> something that was Secret Eaters. Did you ever see mm, that? Yeah, yeah. Where there was a woman who claimed that she was eating... 1300 calories a day and when she was observed through all these cameras and and so on it turns out she was eating 4700 calories a day so <laughs> that's more than twice well maybe more than three times possibly uh, yeah. what she claimed she was eating and it's just because it was you know not really being a bit cavalier with portions and then eating off her husband's plate or finishing off someone's takeaway or um, the biscuits at work in the office that kind of thing and it very quickly adds up to way more than her actual planned meals of like a prawn cocktail and a salad. Well, sort of the old sort of, you know, the, like the, your mum's advice of like, oh, you must sit down to have your food and all that sort of stuff. Like they, they track and count the meals that they're having at mealtimes, the calories they're having at mealtimes. But when it's a biscuit here and there or you know the odd bit of something here and there that accumulates to the, to the tune of 3,000 extra calories, that doesn't count. Because at lunch they're having salad. And for breakfast, they had like a Belvita and some well, orange that's, juice. In. That's healthy, isn't it? Exactly. Well, exactly. Especially so. the Belvita. Oh, oh, me. Well, it's, they're designed for breakfast, those biscuits. They're designed for a slow release of energy. The older thank, I get, Johnny, the, the more I realise that mums were just always right, weren't they? Mm. Well, because it's wisdom, isn't it? <laughs> because mums have all been through this slow realisation of like, hold on. If I just sit down and eat, then it's easier. Like if I make a thing about mealtimes and I just eat at mealtimes... Even like that, you know, no snacking, but you yep. ruin your dinner. <laughs> well, actually, you'll you'll ruin your macros. That's what that's what she means. Like it's phrased differently. Like you'll go over your macros by ten percent because all that's all not as sexy. Like so they say instead. Yeah, you'll ruin. You'll your be hungry for dinner. Dinner's nice. Yep. And so you think, oh, I don't want to ruin my dinner because I like dinner. I reckon it's exactly why <laughs> the monks were all in good shape at that monastery <laughs> because they have. Were they all in good shape? Not in good shape, but they were. They were all lean. Right. I mean, they weren't they weren't stacked like they weren't like those Tibetan monks that you see that are snapping sticks over each other's heads and stuff. Those guys are, are they insane. Not, are they monks? Do they not do martial arts? The Kung Fu monks. Yeah. Oh, I, see. I, like, mm. I don't know why they do martial arts. To, to me, it's <clears throat> I guess like 
it's all about the internal cultivation of the energies and things but it's mental strength I suppose mm. mind like water because if you meditate enough you can break wood off your head <laughs> it's why I meditate so you can break wood off your head eventually we have a broken wood off your head I've started with paper and I'm <coughs> building up <laughs> like newspaper yeah right like tissue paper toilet, toilet paper tissue paper tissue paper single that. ply double ply <laughs> And then you move move federations to thin thin wood, balsa wood. I'm looking forward to the like when you oak oak, oak plank. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> In fact, I don't know if I should tell this story. Uh-uh. This is so somebody I know, one of my brother's friends, basically, um, was driving along in a dodgy area of Newcastle, and he had two of his Sudanese friends in the back of his car. <clears throat> drove past a couple of Rajis and one of them shouted a racial slur at him and his Sudanese friends. And so my brother's friend didn't stand for that on behalf of his friends. So pulled over the car, picked out a table leg made of oak from the back of his boot. I don't know why he had it there. And ran after them. <laughs> and this is a, he's a big guy, but with a very high voice. And so he ran after them and uh, one of the Rajis tripped over on a on a curb, hit him on the side of the leg <clears> with the <throat> table leg, ended up shattering his knee, oh my God. and then started shouting, run for your life! Run for your life! <laughs> In an Egyptian accent. And uh, this guy's trying to get up and he's shouting, I can't. Because you shattered my knee with the table mm-hmm. leg. That's the end of the story. Well, well, well. well. So the lesson there... <laughs> Oak really hurts. Oak's hard. Oak is very hard. And if you are going to try and break wood with your head, don't start with oak. So... With that out of the way, why don't we look at some questions that... I'd like to point out that your eyesight delivery is still not here. Yeah, I'm getting unnerved by this. Has it ever been this bad before? It says between two and three. Sometimes it comes right at the start, and sometimes right at the end, though. So we've got, there's still quite a bit of of time. 30 minutes, in fact. Now that I've said that, it's going to come right in the middle. It'll roll up, yeah. Then I'll be left talking to myself. Mm. Hit me with a question. Okay. In fact, have you got a would you rather? Shall I get one? Okay. Or do you have a list of them? Uh, I don't have a list at the minute, but let's get one. <coughs> Would you rather? While we're doing this, check out some of the live streams we've done on Facebook recently. There's some really good stuff in there. There are some app recommendations for productivity, including cold turkey, something that Johnny and I have both got recently and having great success with. There is some information on nailing your mobility and self-care stuff hacking your caffeine habit and thoughts on low carb low thoughts carb. Veganism. on fat loss mistakes uh, there's one of me grabbing Yusuf's breasts there's loads I mean there's loads of stuff but it's been a, been a while since it's just been us two on the podcast talking talking shop okay uh oh here it is oh, there's Aston there. okay <laughs> we will be back with you in five oh no After this quick back. break He's just gone past. Maybe he's going to deliver to other people first. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's carry on until he's physically outside. Would you rather be immortal and live 10,000 years in the past or be mortal and live 10,000 years in the future? Is that asking? So immortal as in I would start 10,000 years ago. A thousand years or 10,000 years? 10,000. That's a long time. Yeah, that would be rubbish. That you go all the way back 10,000 and I live all those 10,000 years to now. Yep, and onwards. Forever. Absolutely not that, then. I don't know. I mean, you'd have a... Is there any way to abort if you're immortal? Can you just cut your own head off? I don't... Um, 
I think that one of the fundamental principles of being immortal is that you are immortal. So, what does it just relate to? Length of life through natural causes, not all so cause mortality. Die. I think you, you're probably quite likely to die then over ten thousand years from just being hit by a bus. Or so. Yeah, well, it's that, true. It's that, not like, a bus ten thousand years ago. Well, maybe a like, horse, like a bus. camel. The the thing in Fight Club of on a long enough timeline, the survival rate of everybody drops to zero, which is a nice morbid thought. But is that because of mortality? Is the Azdaman having a problem? That Azdaman is just parked oh, up against the he, car. Did he just hit the car? Looks like he has. I think he's just stopped on the car. I mean, if that had been my car. Come out and... It'd have been, yeah? Yeah, very angry. Good, and I told him what for. <laughs> so, mortal but 10,000 years into the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one's flawed because... Like, so it's, it's delimited my life, but I still have to stay alive, don't I? Yeah. Am I going to age? Presumably I would. So in a hundred years, I mean, I'm going to be haggard and minging. Why would you age? Because surely aging is a process going towards something. And if it's infinite, then <clears throat> you can't, it, it would have to be. So I'd age, but, but over a 10,000 year period. Mm. So I'd be 40 and like. But that's saying you would die at year 10,000. Yeah. Of natural causes. Mm, okay. These are all quite grim. I'm not that sure about the ne- what, how things are going to go in the next 10,000 years. I think mm. probably things will get a bit shit. Maybe the Earth will be in the sun or something by that point. We'll all just or be... the sun will be in the Earth. Yeah. I'd say... Here's a question. We'll definitely kill each other off. <laughs> like, humans will, will find a way to <coughs> wreck ourselves within 200 years, I reckon. The reckoning. reckoning. The reckoning. <laughs> through, whether it's through global warming or through, like... Oh god, the Azdaman's coming. Mm-mm. He's coming towards me. Right. Mm-mm. We'll be back with you in a minute. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy hope you enjoy the rest of this episode we'll speak soon we are back johnny's just finishing a box of pineapple 400 grams of 400 grams because it didn't fit in the fridge looking at the carbs 40 grams 40 grams of carbs for a half kilo of pineapple not bad fantastic considering how big and filling it is like i'm really satiated now lovely probably won't even track it good segue there speaking Speaking of tracking So, while we were packing the stuff into the fridge, we had an idea that since we're both wearing a fitness tracking device, the fat butt, whether they are actually worth buying or not, and you've you've probably seen every man and his dog wearing one right now, even if people, I've seen people that aren't into fitness at all, Mm. wearing a Fitbit, as much as it's kind of 
annoying that you might have got one before it was cool and now everyone has. Um, there's pros and cons. I am pretty anti... Um, not anti-tracking, but an like anti-excessive data if it's not going to give me something to action. However, there is data to show that simply the act of tracking something makes you more conscious of it and alters your behavior. So if you just tell someone who doesn't track their food to start tracking their food and do nothing else, that's going to decrease their intake normally. So what gets measured gets managed. There we go. Mm. So even if there's no kind of targets to hit necessarily, that could be one particular advantage. Why did you initially get one, Johnny? So I'm a big fan of data being collected without me necessarily having to worry about it. Because I think the value of data is not necessarily having it all the time or it being on demand all the time. I think it's the value of it is something goes wrong. So in weight loss, obviously that is weight stalls. It might be like, I'm feeling particularly tired. My recovery is struggling. I think then having three months of data to look back on to, uh, to uncover why is really valuable. With my Fitbit, the reason that I, that I bought a Fitbit over, like at the time when I bought mine, there wasn't that many different options. It was pretty much like there was there was a few Fitbits and there was a few sort of similar, I think like I think Withings made one uh, that we've just been discussing. There's a few other equivalents, um, but I, what I liked about it was that as long as I'm wearing it, it's tracking my movement throughout the day and my sleep, even if it's in a really basic format. Like I just I don't have to think about that data. That data is always there. So if my weight stores, I'm like, well, is my activity lower on average? If my recovery struggling, I can say, well, what's my average sleep or what's my total sleep looked like over the past month? So just for anyone that doesn't know what a Fitbit is, if they've um, if they're a bit like me and under a cave, what what variables does it track? So I think that depends <clears throat> on the model you purchase. But if you get a very basic one, it's tr it basically has an accelerometer in it that's tracking movement. So during the day, it's tracking that in the form of, I guess, whatever your wrist is doing. So take from that what you will. But it's tracking steps. So any kind of up and down jolt, it tracks as a step. But that's obviously, like even, even as I'm gesturing to you now, it's going to be tracking that as steps. So there's some noise in that data. And then throughout the night, I assume it's looking for um, like time sensitive, like, okay, it's 11 o'clock, Johnny stopped moving. We can probably extrapolate from that that he's asleep now. And then it, the, when I move at nighttime, it's saying, well, that's interrupting your sleep. So it's tracking that as sleep quality or sleep depth. Okay, so it, it takes the movement and then tries to observe a pattern of mm. your movement to, and relate it to what you're doing exactly. at the time. Exactly, yeah. And then on top of that, heart rate. Yeah, so the more time. expensive ones track <clears throat> track heart rate. And they also now, some of them on the app, it's trying to tell you sort of like when you were active. Um, so like Joe, one of the propane coaches was saying it's tracks at ironing as sport. That was Joe saying, yep. that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, like if you walk briskly, it picks that up as, as activity and it, it scores you based on that stuff. So... The stuff that, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but where I think the value starts to drop is when it tries to interpret that data for you. So 10,000 steps a day is one thing, but then saying that means you've burned this many calories, I think is, it's the red herring and it's what most people look at and it's what I think a lot of people wear trackers for. But so, uh, yeah, yeah, something I've seen people do is they look at the calories that they've burned at the end of the day. They go, oh, great. My Fitbit says I've burned a thousand calories so i'm gonna go and eat that back you're like mm -hmm. well hang on first of all <laughs> you don't know if if it really is a thousand calories like some of these 
things don't don't even ask for your body weight at the start. So yeah. there's no way they can know from steps that accurately how many calories you've burned. Secondly, doing exercise to eat food back is treating yourself like a dog and rewarding yourself with food. And mm. uh, really, unless you've suddenly done this outlandish amount of um, exercise on a certain day that you didn't intend to and you're trying to make up your calories and maybe you're trying to gain weight or maintain your weight, then fine. But otherwise, it's a slippery slope. I know someone who started so he he plays basketball at a very amateur level like <laughs> just recreational basketball and he searched on my fitness pal for oh, no. do you know about this guy no but i can, I can see what's going on. <laughs> so he searched on my fitness pal for how many calories burned when you do basketball and the entry that he'd chosen must have been like nba basketball mm. and it said that he burned like six thousand calories in a or no it said, yeah it said he burned four 4,000 calories in an hour of basketball. Mm. And so he was then trying to make up for that and eating 6,500 calories a day. Um, and he ended up gaining like 15, 20 kilos over mm. quite a short period. Unsurprisingly. And uh, couldn't really figure out why. And it's like, look, you don't take... The, the better way to do it, rather than looking at what some database says that an hour of basketball burns, is track your weight, continue eating what you're doing, see what happens to your weight, and then make the adjustments on that basis so you're doing it off from the horse's mouth rather than from some dodgy horse that you've seen on <laughs> that TV. you don't trust it's not to be trusted i think the um the thing that's kind of nasty or unfair about that is that he's not really done anything heinous yeah like, yeah. He, like <laughs> he is still trying really hard and like he's done basketball even if it is an amateur level he's he's relying on my fitness power because he doesn't know the he answer he doesn't even enjoy the food like it's not as if he was having fun and looking for an excuse to eat loads of food like Eating, yeah, exactly. If, if like, you've ever eaten six and a half thousand calories, you'll know that it is such a unpleasant thing to do. They they did, and what I'm trying to to get the information for, for, and I'm not going to be able to do it. So this is a this is a guesstimation based on an article I'm reading that is referring to the same thing. But they studied the total possible calorie expenditure in like a 24 hour period because because of all these things. I've seen the study uh, with Marines. Yeah. So I think it the number that this article is referring to is around eight thousand for a two hundred pound man. But that that's like that's going balls out for twenty four hours. Twenty four like. hours, so no rest, and it's they're obviously they're in like stress stress positions, sleep deprivation. Um, they're they're under like intense psychological and physiological stress for twenty four hours without break. So if that's the absolute end point, that's where it tops out. Yeah, <laughs> like two hundred pounds is pretty heavy. And, like, and I imagine they'll be two hundred pound muscular men. Yeah, so. well, they're, they're, they're Marines, aren't they? So they're they're two hundred pound active, you know, doing a, churning through a lot of energy, and they're they're touching eight thousand calories ish expenditure. It wouldn't be that hard to for me to get that sort of number as being my maintenance through putting activity in my fitness pal. Yeah. Which so this is the the more insidious side of tracking, isn't it? Is it leads people astray when they they don't know any better? Like, why would you know that information? It's this That's is a fitness it. app that I'm relying on. Like Johnny and Yusuf recommended I use my fitness pal. Johnny and Yusuf think a Fitbit's a good idea. So this says I need to eat 6,000 calories today. Well, the you reality know. is activity, if you've ever seen how much activity it truly takes to burn 100 calories. No. <laughs> it's depressing. It's not worth it at all. Yeah. So I think where these things do... So that I think the value is is that, what I mentioned. So having, having something to, to call on retrospectively if something is awry so mm-hmm. so you can look at big picture data mm-hmm. and then like draw what's what's happening like my i'm not recovering from training why might that be well 
to answer the question, how is my sleep? Subjectively, it's pretty hard to do. Like if you if you don't have any numbers to look at and I say, how, how's your sleep been over the past month? You might be able to give me a vague answer based on, you know, like how you feel today and like anything that stands out. Like maybe you struggle to get to sleep or something like that. But having like over the past month, I've slept on average seven hours. Like, okay, it's probably not sleep. It's an interesting point you mentioned as well that you value the data that automatically gets tracked without you having to go and input the data mm-hmm. or worry about it. And I think what we said about what gets measured gets managed or there's the there's the observation effect. This can work against you with sleep. So if you start tracking your sleep and you know that you're tracking it and when you're lying in bed, you're really conscious of it, that might actually make you sleep worse. But if mm. you're just wearing a thing on your wrist and you're not, you've completely forgotten about it and you're just going about your day, then it's a bit different and then it becomes a little bit more just like the data's racking up and then you can start to draw correlations. Quite a few of my clients have, have observed the relationship of um, you wake up, you maybe have like eight hours of sleep and you wake up and your Fitbit says that for 90 of those, for 90 minutes of those eight hours, you were restless and mm. it gives you a low score. Even though they would have otherwise felt rested, they kind of feel a bit tired as a result. Like there's almost a, it either makes you feel less tired or more tired, depending on what the data says, not on what you actually feel. Again, this has been confirmed in the data yeah. where if, if you take people into a sleep lab and you wake them up after six hours, but you tell them they only got four hours sleep, mm they'll perform worse. And if you tell them that they slept really well, they'll perform better. So there is yeah. a kind of uh, placebo effect mm-hmm. of sleep as well. I think with with any of the data that a Fitbit gives you, I think it is important to, to hold it in context. Like it isn't a really advanced piece of technology that's measuring metabolic output or sleep quality beyond you know movement of your arm. Mm-hmm. And even then, like if you share a bed with someone, that person moving around is going to get picked up as movement occasionally as well. So... You aren't in a sleep lab and you aren't plugged into a metabolic cart. So, uh, you know, hold the data with it as what it is. It's, it's basic, it's rudimentary, but I think within itself, it holds value. So week to week, looking at total time in bed or looking at total steps done and comparing them. So you know that if week one you've done 50,000 steps and week two you've done 70,000 steps, you can say everything else held equal. Probably I'm positively affecting my fat loss if I continue, if I continue this up or keep this up. So that's, I think, how, they sh- how they're best used um, and ignoring the calorie data as much as you can, I think. Yeah, you won't get any surprises as well. Like if you, so I like to track my sleep with an app on iPhone called Sleep Cycle, which we've mm-hmm. mentioned multiple times. Um, I think it's a subscription app now, but I bought it about 10 years ago and when it was like 70p yeah. and now I've just got it forever. So what that does is it allows you to input certain things that you did throughout that day and then it tracks your sleep depth and as a percentage, your sleep score. And then you can kind of relate back to whether, and correlate whether any of those things caused you to sleep better or worse. And obviously it's not going to be 100% reliable if, you've, if you're doing three or four of those things at once, which might be like caffeine, uh, exercise that day, you had a day at work, you had ZMA, you stretched before bed, you meditated, any of those things. And if you're doing all of them at once, then you're going to have to get a lot of data to, before you can start to draw causality from it but from the few years of data i've used from that it doesn't tell you anything crazy or anything you don't already know you know Mm. meditating improves sleep caffeine worsens sleep (laughs) melatonin improves sleep exercising that day improves sleep unless you trained late at night like it's all the stuff that you'd kind of guess if you had to sit down and think hmm, what Mm. would improve my sleep or what would make it worse yeah like in a multiple choice 
yes, no, does this improve your sleep or not? You, you'd probably get somewhere close, wouldn't you? Definitely. But it's good to know that... It, for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so for me, the thing, when I started wearing a Fitbit, I was a bit surprised at how few steps I took throughout the day. I think something that a Fitbit does for me is it, it makes a bit of a game of, like, trying to hit 10,000. Like, mm. I do the Fitbit buzzing on my wrist while it's completely arbitrary and is probably inaccurate by a few thousand steps. Like, knowing that I'm staying active when I'm otherwise sedentary for work is is nice. Even if it's just a proxy, even if it's 70% yeah, accurate. Exactly. If you're walking more, the numbers are going to go up on the thing. Mm-hmm. And so hitting a 10,000, supposedly, it's well, still... Well, it's, it's relative as well within within itself. So 10,000 for me yesterday, probably pretty similar for 10,000 for me today. And so as long as, like, the rest of my life stays... Like, as long as tomorrow I don't enroll in the in SAS training, mm. like, probably the rest of the data is going to be relatively the same. So, and this is, this is another key point that Johnny's mentioned there, which is he's not really <clears> obsessed <throat> with precision, because actually it's it's false precision anyway. If you have seven thousand two hundred and thirty-three steps, like it won't, it won't be that. Mm. But the point, and the same with tracking macros. Like we just read the macros on the back of that pineapple chunk, but there's not going to be nine point four grams of carbs per hundred grams in there. It might be twelve, it might be six, mm. but that doesn't matter because we're working on averages and we're only doing these things as a means to an end. So when you're tracking your intake, the reason you're trying to hit numbers is just for evenness' sake. But that's it. Like you know that if you roughly hit those numbers for a few weeks your weight will change by a predictable amount and that's all we need to know obviously what we said at the start about the drift needs to so that that's the problem and if you start drifting too far away from it then you're not actually hitting those numbers at all and you've eliminated the deficit so this is why we still hit aim for a number even though we know that you're not actually eating precisely that number and it's a bit of a paradox it's i think it's because it's all of these things are the they're the simplest implementation of, of an action that you can do that still creates some kind of change so with macros like we know that maintenance is a moving target like daily on a daily basis on an hourly basis on a weekly basis you will require a different calorie amount to maintain your weight so we don't know what that is and we never will well i i wake up i do my salivary cortisol <laughs> and I, I get my bunsen burner out and i, I burn 12 12- Slate flakes of uh, special K and see how much water it heats up and and the I, precise amount. Yep. Then mm-hmm. I sit in my CO two chamber and I'll I'll do my sixteen point three meters of walking just so that you can maintain your weight. Exactly. Mm. It's funny how far away from that reality you actually are. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so maintenance is a moving target. So we're dealing with that. Then we're dealing with the fact that um, manufacturers are are afforded a tolerance on food labels and I think it's 20% it's huge for yeah. you know so plus or minus 20% for the calories and then we're dealing with the human error that oh occurs in tracking so there are so many different times where you're worrying about being like 10 grams over your macros and you're like you know what it's probably not wor- worth worrying about but so you know what we said about secret eaters then mm. like oh it, they're they're playing with fire well they're, so <laughs> yeah so if you take all of these error rates in all these mm. different things that you've mentioned and push them as far as they go in one direction mm-hmm. you can go from what is supposedly a 1000 calorie intake to a 3000 mm. quite easily with probably a thousand of that just being noise yeah in the in the measurement so it's there's all these there's all these error points the simplest thing to do is just try your best to hit your macros on a daily basis and you are normalizing as much as you can, the error rates across those systems. And it's the same with, oh, but I'm worrying about how many calories I've burned with cardio this week. And I'm worrying about, you know, how, much, how many minutes of REM I had. Like if you just manage 
like generally roughly speaking how active am i and generally roughly speaking how long am i in bed for you're probably going to get 90% of the way and the rest of it is so advanced anyway and so minute in terms of how important it is that it isn't worth the extra stress so the takeaway point is do not track your exercise calories unless it's vastly different mm. from what you normally do or, or you're you know you suddenly decided to add in um hours of cardio a week that you previously weren't doing and just focus on hitting your macros mm. i think we'll end that there great there's something i want to talk about in a, in the next episode I, that I think we might be about to do which is related to this so you'll, if you're listening to this to tune in next week for that you either have to go into the future or the past and listen <laughs> and listen for the podcast that's related to this one <laughs> <laughs> very precise recommendation there all right guys hope that was useful as always you can always shoot us any messages for topics that you want us to cover in future podcasts just get in touch with us on any of your preferred channel uh, so that's twitter facebook youtube um maybe not linkedin or pinterest yeah don't do like, pinterest and linkedin the, the crap we, we won't see it but yeah so this is a topic that we were we were asked to talk about fitbit tracking my fitness pal that sort of thing so that's a bit of a our opinion on it i guess Hey, Johnny again, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift.